like a great symphony. Every instrument plays its part. Every instrument has a purpose. Everything has a, a different tune. It has a different song. But when it comes together as one, it is a beautiful sound. And this is the sound that Christ listens to. This is the sound He hears sitting upon heaven as we praise and worship His name with sovereignty and earnest. He listens and He hears. God, You are so good to us. Father, the fact that we can sit here and worship You, the all-knowing, all-powerful, almighty God. God, You are so great. We thank you, God, for this time of worship. Everybody said, Amen. You may take your seats. Round of applause to the band. You guys were fantastic. And I love the fact that you guys are willing, and Justin, you guys are willing to wait upon that song. I feel like sometimes, as someone who has worship led before and has stood on this very stage, it is easy just to jump from one song to the next and just go through your set. But to remain patient, I think it, it has its blessings. And well done for listening. So this morning, I'd love to talk a little bit about children, actually. Um, as you know, I've got Henry, a young, young fellow over there. But something that inspired me this week was something, actually something over social media. Um, Social media can be good sometimes. More often than not, it's more of a hindrance. But in this particular occasion, it was something, it kind of jumped off the screen at me. And I really wanted to share it this morning. It's kind of been the basis of what it is I want to share. And it's basically, I don't know if it's a real poem or if it's just some dude who's made these words up. He hasn't, he hasn't made it up. He's actually pulled, there's a lot of scripture in this. But I want to share it with you this morning because it impacted me and I hope it has the same effect on you. And I'll uh, continue to break it down through the word. We'll see what the Word of God says in regards to children and the fact that they're just a blessing to us. Whether you've had children, you're having children, or you haven't had children yet, it doesn't matter. And you are, it doesn't just have to be your physical child that you can relate this to. This can be somebody who you're caring for, somebody who you pray for. This is awesome. So, Nathan, if you could chuck that slide up for me, or Zeke. Thank you. There's a lot of words in it. Oh, and it's kind of been cut off a little bit. It did work this morning, I promise you. So, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to read it and uh, I'll keep it up. It's going to stay up there for the whole message anyway, so you get the chance to read it through again. So, children are a heritage from the Lord. Offspring are a reward from Him. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are children in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. But your children are not your children. They are the sons and daughters of the Most High God. They come through you, not from you. For though they are with you, they belong not to you. You may give them your love, but not your thoughts. For their thoughts are their own thoughts. You may house their bodies, but not their souls. For their souls dwell in the house of tomorrow from which you cannot visit, not even in your dreams. You may strive to be like them, but strive not to make them like you. You are the bow from which your children as living arrows are sent forth. 
God is the archer that sees the mark upon the path eternal of, it, of infinite. And he bends you with his might so that the arrows go swift and far. Let your bending in the archer's hand be with gladness and for gladness. For even as God loves the arrow that flies, so he loves a bow that is stable. Children are like arrows. We are the bow and our heavenly father, the archer. When I read that, I get a sense of responsibility. But I also get a sense of my God is in control. My God is in control. It is not me who is solely responsible for my son's direction, for the direction of others. He is the one who has, and I love that, he, he, has, he can see the path, what does that say? The mark upon path of the infinite. He sees what we cannot see. And that is, that, that is relieving in a way because I would love the best for my son. I, would want, I want him to be the best. I want him to go the furthest. But that's not up to me. That's not on me. And so I think it's wonderful that we have a father who cares, a father who loves us. And he's, basically, he does. He takes full control. Jeremiah 1, verse 5. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. You have been declared sacred before you were born. God created you with a purpose. You're here on this earth not for no reason. You are, you are here. I've been, saying, I've been saying it a bit this morning. You have purpose. You have reason. And that brings us identity. You were created with potential. How, how after working in a school, that is probably one of the deepest conversations, one of the most meaningful conversations you can have with a young child. The fact that you actually have purpose. Now, I couldn't sit there and preach to these children at school. But trying to create purpose. Children need purpose. Children need an identity. And that can be found in our Lord. And if that is what... I'm just... I'm jumping ahead. I'm preaching ahead. Sorry. But we were created with potential. And that's... And what we see here, right? What, What I consider to be potential for Henry, God may actually have... A greater potential that I cannot see. As the bow, I help to enable and to empower, but it is in fact God that sets his direction and his trajectory and where he will strike and what his life will look like. So you were created for potential. Psalm 127 verses 3. Children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward. They are a reward from him. They can teach us, children. They teach us a lot of things. Now, Henry isn't teaching, or maybe he is. Indirectly, he is teaching us a lot. But children can teach us a lot of things. If we're willing to listen and if we're willing to be patient, some of the lessons that can come from children are very unique. As adults, we can tend to block things out. We can grow a bit stiff, I guess. Whereas children can bring life and they can teach us new things. Children are a direct indication of the growth of God's kingdom. One mentality that I've had since basically being married to Hannah is the fact that the greatest way I feel like I can contribute to the growth of God's kingdom is through our children. 
Our children are the ones who see our life in and out as parents or as leaders or as mentors. They are the ones we are investing into. They are the ones who are going to see what a Christ-like life looks like directly through how we act at home. And so what greater opportunity do we have to disciple than our, than our children? Our greatest opportunity is through discipleship with our children. And God sees that. And this is how God grows His kingdom from generation to generation. This is why we, God doesn't speak in the here and now necessarily. He speaks across generations. We see this with the Israelites where they went from um, being a few from the house of Jacob to all the way through to what we see with Joseph. And we saw it, we, they've turned into a nation of over a million people. God grows through generations and He grows through adversity as well. And we need to remember that. Matthew 19, verse 14. Jesus said, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. We are to run to Christ. We are to run to Jesus in the same way that a child greets their father. I have not yet seen this or experienced this as a father, but I one day do look forward to it. And I think it is this singular focus that we are to have when approaching our God. We are to focus on Him like a child. We drop everything. Push everything aside, we drop what we're playing with and we run to greet our Heavenly Father. This is the childlike heart we are called to have. It is simple. It's simple in nature, but it is often the simple things that can be the hardest. In a world where we have more distractions than we have ever had, we're called to push push this aside and run to our Father like a child will run to His. Let us be like children as we run. And this is all that God asks God's not asking for uh, a great, large, complex painting here. He's asking for a finger painting. He's not asking much of us. He's asking us actually to make him first, which is a big ask, especially in a world where we are distracted and in a world where things are mounted up against us, it seems, sometimes. But if we can put him first, we know that there is life that comes from that. There is blessing that comes from that when we put Him first. And so we are to run to Him because the kingdom of heaven belongs to those who are like this. It's as easy as that. It's easy, but it's not, I guess. Proverbs 22, verse 6. Train up a child in the way that he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. What you sow will be a harvest for generations to come. And I've already said this. This will carry on. What you are sowing into your children now will be seen in two or three generations' time in the children to come. It's, it's a blessing but a warning. And it's a fantastic thing because I think, again, it is an opportunity for us to grow the kingdom of God. It's such an opportunity. So we have a responsibility to teach and guide the future generations, whether this is our own children or with what Cameron and the team are doing through youth. We have an opportunity, whether you're in youth, serving in youth or not. We have kids running around the church. We have young Aiden and Elijah running up to you. They'll probably all, they probably have run up to you at some point, let's be honest. And they've said hello to you. And they've said they've greeted you. What, how, how has your heart been in response to that is my question. 
Because this is, this is true. These are the children God has placed within our vicinity, within our village, to love upon, to grow. They watch, they see, they learn. It's a fantastic, this is an awesome thing. This is a fantastic thing to be like children, to watch children, and to see how they engage. And we have an opportunity and a responsibility to raise these young guys and girls to be wonderful, wonderful creations. Psalm 139, verses 13 to 14. For you created my innermost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. We have an identity as God's children. I said it again before, already before, that we have an identity and that is because we have purpose. And it is this purpose that we can carry on to children, to young ones, to young people. And we find that sometimes it is, it's hard as a young person, especially a teenager, especially that, that they're on this pursuit for identity to find who they are. And we all do it. We, every single one of us has been, either been through that or is maybe going through that. I don't know, Zeke, I don't know if you're there yet, but <laughs> sorry. But you get what I mean. Like we are on this pursuit of finding who we are. And if we already have a very large portion of that ticked off by knowing who we are in God, that puts us a step ahead. So let us teach our children. Let us teach our children who it is, to, who God is. Let us teach them who Jesus is and what Jesus means and what He does for you and what He means to us. Because they will grow. And they, just like we are the bow, we don't have to set the trajectory when we are teaching these things to our children or those young children around us. God does that. It's already there. It's, it's in the Word of God. It shows us it is the blueprint upon which we can build our life. And it's all there right in front of us. We just have to access it. We just have to access it. And the final verse I wish to share with you this morning is Mark 10, verses 15 to 16. I tell you the truth. Anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child would never enter it, will never enter it. Then he took the children in his arms and placed his hands on their heads and blessed them. Children, from a scientific perspective, have more grey matter in their brain. It's what makes them learn faster. They pick things up quicker than what we do. Because as adults, that grey matter starts to depreciate. And we, as I said, we become more stiff. It's harder for us to learn new things. And so when children pick things up, we, that straight away, it's, it's almost like it's fact. If you tell a child something, right? Like I could whisper to Aiden, I think this is actually something that went around on social media, that on average, every year, you, you will eat eight spiders in your sleep. Now, I don't know if any of you, other, if anyone else saw that come up on their social media, and apparently it was a bit of a social experiment that went around to test to see how quickly things would spread through social media, which it did spread kind of quickly, at least for me, because I believed it. I believed it, and then I thought, no, actually, I don't really sleep with my mouth open, so it can't be that real. But I don't know, maybe it is. But you get what I mean. I believed it, and this is what children are like. Children can be like that sometimes too. They are quick to believe. They are quick to understand. And so we've got to be like this too with God sometimes. Sometimes we, we hear something, we read something in the Bible, and it can be like, ooh, why is that in there? That doesn't make sense. And then we quickly read the next verse. And then sometimes it's, it's good to dwell upon something. It's good to actually just... Sometimes believe something for the way that it is. 
Not to say we don't question things, because children question things too. But sometimes it is good to have blind faith. It is good to just have faith and say, you know what, God, you are in control. I'm not going to understand all the answers to things, but I'm going to believe you anyway. We, um, we watched our first Christmas movie the other night for the season. And it's not a, it was by no means a conventional Christmas movie. It's on Netflix. It's called Violent Night. Um, and it's anyway, Santa gets violent. And it is, we found it kind of funny. It's not a kid's movie. But it was funny nonetheless because it was just a little bit different when it comes to Christmas. So in the movie, Santa says, adults struggle to believe. Because the, ch- the child asked, and Hannah was asking me this question all week actually, and she doesn't understand this paradigm in, in uh, Christmas movies where... The children believe in Santa, and Santa is real, but the parents don't believe in Santa, and how do they not know that Santa is magically putting presents under the tree? These presents appear, and the adults don't believe in Santa, but the kids do. So Hannah's like, how does this work in Christmas movies? And I said to her, when this movie, when this came up, it says, adults struggle to believe. That's it. That's the answer to your question, apparently, in this Santa paradigm, is that adults struggle to believe. So anyway, I don't know, you can talk to more about her more about this afterwards, but it took me a while to understand what she was actually talking about. But anyway, the point here is, is that we should be quick to believe in the kingdom of God. We should be quick to believe and understand who God is. And sometimes we just have to say yes, and we just have to trust and say, God, you are important and I understand what it is you want me to do. So this morning, if I could have Scotty come up, on keys thanks mate i want to provide an opportunity to just pray and have us pray for a childlike heart to understand that sometimes not everything's going to be in our control and sometimes we do have to place our trust in him sometimes we do have to like a child has to place their trust in a parent that everything is okay to to believe that there's not something under our bed Or there isn't something lying in the darkness that isn't there. To trust that when we go to seek our Father, that He will protect us. That He will be there for us. That we, like our mother, we can approach for emotional support and well-being. We know that we can approach our God in the same way. So if you'd like to stand with me, I'd like to pray over us this morning as we finish up. Lord God, we thank you that you are the archer and we thank you that you are in control. And Lord God, we believe that will you fire us in the direction upon which we need to go. As your children, Father, may we put our trust in you. Father, those of us who you have placed the responsibility of children, Lord God, may we be malleable in your hands. May we be malleable to your power as children, Father, who are willing to, like arrows, Father, who are are willing to, to, to pursue where you are directing them, Father. Lord God, may we be hungry, Lord Jesus, and eager. And Lord God, may we put our trust in you with our children. Father, may we relinquish the fact that they they actually aren't our children. May we let that go. And Father, we place full trust in you. We we place our children in your hands. Because you are the one who can be fully trusted with our children. 
And so, Lord God, may you guide us in, in how we speak to our children. May you guide us in how we grow with them, Lord God, but also grow them, help to grow them. And Father, this morning I pray for, I just pray, Lord God, for a heart, Father, like a child. Father, may we turn to you in times of need. And Lord Jesus, if we need a spiritual infilling, Father, if, we, if we're feeling in the darkness, Lord God, if we're feeling like there's something lurking behind the door, Father, may we come to you. Lord God, may we cast out fear in your name. May we cast out what the enemy has tried to set against us in your name. And instead, may we stand strong in light, Lord God, standing upon your purpose, standing upon your goodness and your promises, and standing upon what Jesus did at the cross in defeating sin. So, Lord God, I just want to pray for those of us who are here today. Lord God, if we need a spiritual infilling, Lord God, if we need to be more childlike in our faith, Lord God, if we need to place more trust in you and in, in where our children may be heading or, or where we may be heading, Lord God, I pray that the Holy Spirit enters in. It breaks apart the, the, the shackles, Father. It breaks apart the hard exterior shell that may be blocking us from you. Instead, Lord God, may we have soft hearts like children, running to you, Jesus, choosing to push aside what may be distracting us, what may be causing us to doubt. And Father, may we chase you with faith and belief that you are always there for us. Lord God, we thank you for your word. And Father, we thank you, Father, that we can constantly depend upon you and who you are. Amen. Amen. We're going to finish with a song this morning. Um, just remember, keep praying for what we've got going on with hampers. Uh, there's a lot going on this week. So keep Pastor Mel in your prayers. Uh, she's been, she has been very busy, but she will continue to be very busy. So just, if you, and also just to chuck on to the side there as well, if you want further prayer, just come up the front and we are here, we'll be here for you if you need prayer this morning.